Okay, Bezrat Hashem, let's start. Let me put the recording over here. Okay, Bezrat Hashem, let's start. Page Mem, Shkreach, page 40. Can you believe it? Woo! Bezrat Hashem. We are in Shabbos already, page 40. Unbelievable. Bezrat Hashem, Naleven Atzliach. Okay, so we are in 40A1. We are in the middle of the first column. Okay, so um, this this page is going to deal regarding who, exactly taking showers or taking baths. So Idmar, there were two opinions regarding a person washing his body on Shabbos. So Itmar was said regarding two opinions of the Amoraim Rabban Shmuel. Shabbos. Hot water that was uh, uh, heated on Friday. Rabamar Lemachar by the next day, meaning to say on Shabbos, Kol Gufo. A person can wash his entire body, but uh, ever ever one limb on a time not all the limbs together like a normal shower one limb at a time Shmuel Amar Shmuel holds no a person they didn't permit a person to 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 bath to wash himself only face hands and feet even though the water was warm warm up on Friday so the Gemara is going to challenge Rav. Basically, there's a brisa. Chamishuch mumer of Shabbos. Hot water that was heated on a Friday. And the next day on Shabbos, a person can wash his head, his face, his hands, and his feet. Have a local gufo, but not his entire body. The Rab, this is a challenge to Rab. Omalaka Rab, the Gemara says, No, you know what Rab, Rab can answer to you? Kol Gufo, what the Brysa said, you cannot wash your whole body. The Brysa meant at once. But you can do one limb on a time. Says the Gemara, How can you say such a thing? When the bride explicitly said you can only wash your face, your hands, and your feet, says Gemara, no, what the bride meant, no, the bride meant to tell you. Oh, let me, two people want to come in, one second. Okay. Shkoyach. Shkoyach, Shkoyach. Also, uh, uh, Shmuel is also coming in. Okay, welcome everybody. Nice to have you. Shkoyach. Okay, so just to sum up, Max, if you don't mind. So, there's an argument over here whether a person is permitted to use water that was warm up on a Friday, on a Shabbos, to shower the entire body, limb by limb. 
So according to Rab, you can. According to Shmuel, you cannot. The Gemara brought a Brita that it seems to be from the Brisa that you cannot. And Rab answered that the Brisa meant to tell you that you are allowed to wash your entire body similar as when a person washes head, hand, and feet, meaning to say limb by limb. So the Gemara is going to bring a second challenge. We're holding in the right column that it says uh, Tashma. The Gemara cites another challenge to Rav. Tashma, come learn a refutation of Rav's view from the following Brisa, which is in the second paragraph of the right column of page 40A1. Tashma. The Chachamin did not permit washing on a Shabbos with hot water that was heated before the Shabbos. Only the head, the face, the hands, and the feet. So this is a challenge that you cannot do the entire body even though you want to do one limb at a time. Says the Gemara Achanami, again Rav answers in the same way, came Panav Yadavaraglav, that you do, if you do it similarly to uh, face, hands, and feet. But then the Gemara is going to bring the third, the third challenge. Tanya Kabaset Shmuel, there's a Brisa explicitly telling us like Shmuel, Chamin, Shuchmu Merav Shabbos, Hot water that was heated on Friday. The, the next day on Shabbos, a person can wash face, hands, and feet. And not the entire body, even ever, ever. Even though he would like to do a limb, a limb on a time. And I don't even need to tell you, needless to say, you cannot even wash with hot water that was heated during Yontav your entire body limb by limb. So Shmuel, I'm happy you came now because let me correct what I told you this morning. When I told you this morning what you, what could you, you could have done last Friday that was Yontav to prepare for Shabbos, that take water that, that was heated in the stove and then uh, use it to wash your body limb by limb, we see from this Gemara, and actually I, I went back in the footnotes, you see, it says, go back to what we said previously, uh, you cannot heat water on Yontav to wash your body limb by limb. And I checked over there in the footnotes, if you want to go back, let me tell you what it was. They say because that's not what most people do. Come back to page 39b1. So in page 39b1, in the footnote number 8, in the middle of the footnote, it says that Basilel hold that any milahat is normally required in the preparation for of food is permitted even when no food preparation is involved. Since cooking is a requisite to prepare a food, Basil will permit it even for, for non-food purposes. 
So therefore permitted bathing, heating water, on Yontov to wash one's feet. Basilo permit heating hot water, the water only in order to wash one's feet or hands or face, but they agree, however, that water might not be heated to wash one's entire body because no melacha might be preferred on Yontov to fulfill a need that is not common to most people. And bathing the entire body in hot water was not considered a universal necessity. Now, others maintain that bathing the entire body is forbidden only under the bathhouses. But uh, so that's why I put in the group this morning a picture of, of a Shmira Shabbos Kilhasa that they take this Gemara. We're going back to page 40. That uh, this Bryce, we're just looking at it now, that it says that it's forbidden to heat water on Yontef to bath your entire body limb by limb. So that would be the Lachalemaise. You cannot warm up, warm up, boil water on Yontef for your body, even limb by limb. The only thing would be permitted is to boil it on Yontev for your face, for your hands, and for your feet. That's a lachle Okay, let's continue. So we see that this brisa is already a complete challenge to Rav's opinion, and this is a lachle So again, when it comes out, even, even if you had water that was warm up, on a Friday, you cannot use that water to wash your entire body on Shabbos limb by limb, only the face, the hands, and the feet. Rabe, let's continue. Rabe, Rabe, he was a student of Rab. He would teach the following section in the name of Rab according to the following version. Hamin, Shuchmo Merev Shabbos, hot water that was warm up on Friday, Le Mahar, the next day on Shabbos, Rab, according to Rab, Rochet Ben Kolgufo, according to Rab, you can even wash the entire body at once, as long as you don't shower one part of the body. And then, Eisve Kol Ani Tiufte, but then the Gemara brought all the previous three brises, and all of them were a challenge to Rav Tiuvta. So we definitely wouldn't be following Rav's opinion. The Gemara continues on this topic. Omale Rav Yosef Levaye. So Rav Yosef asked Abaye, tell me, Rabba. So we, we learned previously that Rabba fostered Abaye in his house. So he was really very close to him. So Rabbi Yosef asked Abaye, tell me, Rabba mi mekavet kashmai, said Rab. Tell me, obviously, Rabba didn't know all the different challenges that the three brises that were uh, challenging Rab's opinion, and that according to Rab, you could shower on a Shabbos limb by limb. So he asked him, tell me, Rabba, that also they know the challenges. Did he follow Rab regarding that alaha? Amarle, lo yadana. 
And Abai answered to him, the truth, I don't know. I don't know if Rab would follow this halacha in this lenient way or not. The Gemara is going to challenge Rab Yosef's question to Abaye. Says the Gemara, why could you have such a question? Pshita, it's obvious the lo Abad that he didn't do it. They are because itutav. We saw previously that Rab and Rab Rabbi were challenged. So the Gemara says, no, Loshmiale. The Gemara says, no, he didn't knew all those challenges. And maybe that's why he could have followed Rab in a permissible way. The Gemara again challenges this. If Rabba didn't know all these challenges, why Abid? For sure then he followed Rab. Diamanabaye, because we learned this in the chapter two, Abaye said, Call Mili de Mar, everything that Mar Sir, meaning to say Rabba, did, Abid Kerab. He always followed Rab. Barmianitlate. Except, if you remember, there were only three exceptions. <coughs> the Abid Keshmuel, that Rabba followed a lenient opinion according to Shmuel. One of them was Matili Mibeged Abeged, that a person can undo titis from one garment and put him in a new garment. Umadik Minerlener, also a person can kindle a Hanukkah candle from candle to candle. And the third one, that a person is allowed to schlep, to drag a heavy object in the ground on Shabbos, and we're not concerned he might end up making a furrow, and therefore he might transgress the provision of plowing, because we follow Rabbi Shimon that holds Dava Shenum is in Mutar, as long as two things. First of all, you don't have kavana, you have no intent to make a furrow. And second of all, it's not psik resha, it's not something that for sure is going to end up happening. So we follow the leading opinion that is muta like Rabbi Shimon. So in these three alachos, even though Rabbi will always follow Rab, in these three alachos he would follow Shmuel. So what is the question? Says the Gemara, hold on. Kehomre the Rab Avid. To tell me he would always follow Rab, that when, that's when Rab is Lechumbra, he's more stringent. Kekuli the Rab, but to tell me that he will always follow the leniencies of Rab, Loyavid, that's not always the case. So therefore, Rab Yosef and Abaye were in doubt whether Rab would follow this leniency of Rab or not. And they did not. Okay, let's move on. Now we're going to go into a very nice alaha regarding what happened in the bathhouses. So it was taught in a brisa, Merchaks. There was a bathhouse, Shepikekune Kavav Me'ereb Shabbos. That they close before Shabbos. One second. Um, he was heated, but his vents were closed before Shabbos. So look in the explanation in the footnote number 18. Uh, I'm sorry, in the footnote number 15. So ancient bathhouses were heated by fires burning in the, uh, burning in the basement, which generated heat 
that was channeled into the bathhouses through vents in the floor. Now, if the vents were closed before Shabbos, the bathhouses were not heated further on the Shabbos. And uh, therefore, this is the case of our Brisa. So, we're talking in this case. So, the Brisa said, Le Mote Shabbos, then after Shabbos is over, Rochet Miyad. Then the person could right away take a shower in this bath. Um, on Shabbos you can't, but on Motzei Shabbos you can. And you don't need to wait the amount of time that would take to warm up the water because the water wasn't warm up during Shabbos. Only when somebody uh, breaks the alaha and warming water on Shabbos, then you would need to wait Motzei Shabbos the amount of time that it would take to warm up the water. Now, regarding Yontef, in a similar way, this type of bathhouse, also the vents were closed before a Yontef. So now, so even during Yontef, then a person might enter and only get, get a steam bath. We're going to see soon the, the different progressions of why was only steam bath and not a proper shower. The Yoitze, then after taking a steam bath, schwitzing, you can go out, and then you exit. We're going to see soon why you have to exit, and only rinse in the outer cham chamber of the bathhouse. So look in the footnote number 17. Initially, when the Chochamim prohibited bathing in hot water on Shabbos and Yontav, they did not prohibit steam bathing. But nevertheless, they decreed that after the steam bathing, one should not rinse his body in the inner chamber of the bathhouse, because uh, then people might think that you, would took, you took a bath inside. Rather, one should exit to the outer room in order to rinse. And the rule stated here, in this brisa, it belongs to the Shabbos as well. And why the brisa chose to tell you that only Shvitzing on Yontev, looking to Jesus over there, there was a little bit of a Hidush, but that is the halacha. That uh, when they was permitted to take a steam bath, then when you wanted to rinse, needed to be done in the outer chamber. And then the Gemara is going to tell us a Maise. Um, so the Gemara says, I'm a Rabiude. Rabiude de, uh, de, Rab, Rabiude de Amora said, Maise. It won't happen. That in the bathhouse of Mnebrak, if you remember the, all this Chachami having a Seder of Pesach in Mnebrak in the Agada, so once they went, they went into bathhouse, that the vents had been closed before Yontev. And in Yontev, both of them went, and they schwitzed 
over there. They got a steam bath. And then they exited and rinsed in the outer chamber, just like the Brisa said. However, its tub of hot water had been covered with boards. So look in the Funda number 18. So therefore, Rabbi Kiva knew with certainty that the water had not been warm, warm during Yontif. Okay. Also, it's like this implication is that Abelazar and Rabekiva rinse with hot water from the tub on Yantef. However, this presents a difficulty since uh, Rabiuda saying the incident rule above that is forbidden to rinse with hot water. So then he said. Um, Yeah, so Toysos explained that maybe Rashi holds that the provision against rinsing with water heated before the, the Yontev is only regarding Shabbos but not a Yontev. So that is how we hold. That's why they took it with hot water because it wasn't a Yontev. According to another opinion, it was with cold water. Okay, so let's continue with the story. Now, when the Chachamim heard what they had done, so they said, would be even permitted to rinse in the outer chamber, chamber even if the tub of hot water was not covered with boards. So that was initially. That was in the times of Rabbi Kiva when that was permitted. But then, when the, sin, the sinners profi, pro, pro, prolifer, proliferated, when there are many sinners, and uh, the sinners is that uh, they starting taking showers with water, with hot water. So, the sages, Began, began to forbid even schwitzing, even, even steam bathing. And nevertheless, Ambatios Shell Krachin, the public baths of large cities, that they are very big, when over there there's no problem of a steam by people just walking by them. So then, Metayel Bem Benochoshesh, a person might stroll through them without a concern that people may susp suspect them that he is taking a steam bath. So that was the, so far, we're going to see later on, the different uh, stages of the decrees. Initially it was permitted to take a steam bath and then go out and rinse. And later, when people started bathing, they, they even forb forbade to take a steam bath. The Gemara asks, "My of the Avera, what is this sinners proliferated?" So the Gemara says, "The Amar Rabbi Shimon ben Pazi, Amar Rabbi Yosha ben Levi, 
משום רבר קפרה, דעת בתחילה, אינישלי היו רוחצים בחמים שהוקמו מערב שבס. People would bathe even on Shabbos in hot water, I mean heated before Shabbos. And that was okay. But the problem is, התחילו הבלונים להכין בשבס, the people, the attendants of the bathhouse, they began heating the baths on Shabbos. ואומרים ערב שבס הוא חמור. And they would say that the water was heated before Shabbos. Now look in the footnote number 22. According to the Rushalmi, Chaz v'Sholom, that the Jewish uh, bath attendants should do about ambition on Shabbos itself. Look in the Rushalmi, in footnote number 22, that they did not actually violate the Torah provision of cooking on Shabbos. Rather, what they would do, they would prepare fire with plenty uh, of fuel, and then under the bathhouses before the Shabbos, and then they would leave the bathhouses vents open so that the bath would be heated automatically on Shabbos. But this was a rabbinical provision. So when they started doing that, so then Chachamim decided that they shouldn't even do this. So Asru es Chachamim, so Chachamim forbade bathing in hot water on Shabbos. Nevertheless, Beitiru es Azia they would still allow people to do steam bathing. But this is what we saw previously, that people were transgressing. People would still bath in the bathhouses on Shabbos, in the hot water was heated in, in, uh, before Shabbos, in a violation of the uh, transgressing, what Hamim had said, not to do it. And they, what people used to say, they said, no, we didn't bath with hot water, we really went just to steam over there. So therefore, Asulayim es And therefore, the Chachamim forbade even just to go to Schwitz. But nevertheless, Itiru Hamei they still would allow people to bath in the hot springs of Tiberias. But people were still transgressing. They would um, people close to Tiberias would still bath in hot water that was heated by fire before Shabbos, but they would say, No, no, we didn't go into hot baths of, of uh, heated by, by just normal fuel. We only bathed in the Tiberia hot springs. So then, So they went even to a further stringency. And the Chachamim forbade them to even take baths in hot springs of Tiberia. But they still allowed them to bath in cold water. Now, after that second decree, actually there were three, three xeros. There was no hot water, no uh, baths on Shabbos with hot water of normal heating. Not even showering with the hot water of the springs of Tiberia and not even going in just to Schwitz. Three xeros, three decrees. But then they saw that Raushin Adavar Oimeda Lahen, that these three xeros could not be sustained, just was too much. People could really keep them. 
So therefore, Itura Lehametiberia, they went back to permit people to bathe in the Tiberian hot springs, but nevertheless, the prohibition against steam bathing is still remaining in place, and also the prohibition of um, taking hot baths with hot water. Also, not to take uh, hot water uh, uh, baths with hot water, I mean, heated before Shabbos. Now, now the Gemara, based on this, says, Omar Rove, Haiman Diabar Adorabanan, anyone who violates even this rabbinical prohibition intentionally, Sharele Mikrole Avariana. It is permitted to call him a sinner. So look in the footnote. It is permitted to disparage him in this fashion in order to discourage people from emulating him. You can either call such a person a sinner. The Gemara <laughs> says, Keman, with whom does this accord? According to which opinion? Somebody that transgressed a rabbinical Prohibition, you can call him a sinner. Kiatana, according to this previous Tana, who referred to those who viola vi violated the rabbinical prohibitions on bathing on Shabbos on hot water, he called them sinners. Because the Braissa said, once the sinners increased, they went further with further prohibitions. And the, the Gemara uh, just clarifies one more thing of this previous Braissa. Says, Concerning the public baths of large cities, one might stroll through them without concern that people might suspe suspect them of steam bathing. Says Rava, I'm a robber. Davka Bekrachin, there was only big baths of big cities. There wouldn't be a problem. Why? The uh, Kfarim Loy, but of, of uh, small towns, no. Why, why not? My time, Keman de Zutrin, Nafishavlayu. Because uh, uh, bathhouses of uh, small towns, they are also small, and therefore they are very steamy, and people might think that they went there to to steam bathing, which is forbidden. So that's why a person is not allowed to walk inside of a bathhouse of a small town that is smaller before this reason. Okay? Let's, um, let's move on. Tanurabanan says the uh, Braisa. A person is permitted to warm up himself in front of a fire. The and then to go out and to rinse in cold water. So the fact that initially he was warm, but the fire is not a problem. But says the Gemara, the Braisa, but as long. Can I get the Medura? 
he shouldn't do the other way around. First, take a cold shower, and then get warmed by the fire. Because in that case, he would be warming up the water that is on him. And this resembles of taking a bath with hot water on Shabbos that is forbidden. Tan Rabanan, another brisa. So, Michem Adam Aluntis, a person is permitted to hit a towel, Umanicha al Shabbos, and then place it on his stomach on Shabbos as a rev remedy for a stomachache. So, if you have a stomachache on Shabbos, you can warm up a towel and put it on your stomach. But, but you are not allowed to bring a kettle of hot water and place it on your stomach on Shabbos. Why? Look in the footnote number three. There's two reasons. One reason is, according to Rashi, because you might end up spilling the hot water from the pot and therefore you may end up taking a hot bath on shower on Shabbos, which is forbidden. Others look in the bottom explain that uh, this is under the general prohibition of not doing uh, medical treatments on Shabbos. So if you take a pot of hot water, it, it resembles more like having a, like a medical treatment on Shabbos. But just to put a hot towel is not so much uh, apparent that you're doing a medical treatment. The Brisa continues, Bedavarze, and this not to take a kettle of hot water, a fill of a cholasur, not only on Shabbos, but even during the week you shouldn't do it, Sakana, because this is dangerous that the water in the kettle might be scalding, scalding hot, might be scalding hot, and might injure him. Okay, now the next baisa is gonna add an alaha regarding heating oil on Shabbos. So Tanurabanan, maybe Adam Kitoin Maim Medura. A person might bring a pitcher of water cold water and place it in front of a fire on Shabbos but not in order for it to be heated because obviously it would be forbidden to heat water on Shabbos but only merely um, in order for its chill to go off <coughs> Sorry. So, hot, look in the footnote number four, in the context of our Gemora, means heated to a degree that one's hand recoils when it touches it. In Hebrew it's called Yad Soledes. So, whenever you heat water, that if you touch it with your finger, you have to take your finger out of it because it's so hot, then that is the degree, the, de the, de the degree 
of a bishul of cooking on Shabbos according to the Torah. So you cannot warm it up as much as to get to such a level of heat. But just to put it in front to get a little bit warm, that would be okay. For sure it would be forbidden to place it on top of the fire even if you only wanted to warm up and then take it out. That is for sure forbidden. But to place it in front of the fire just to warm up a little bit, that would be okay. Now this is the Tanakama. The first this Tanakama, this first opinion, didn't say anything regarding oil. So here comes Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda Oimer. Meria isha pachsho shemen umanichatoi keneged medura. A woman might bring a flask of oil and place it in front of a fire. But again, lo bishvishe yevashel ela bishvishe yivshoir. In the same degree as we spoke regarding water, not in order for it to be cooked, but just for it to be warm sli slightly. So again, cooking oil is the same thing as previously heating water. So Rabbi Yuda basically said, just like we the same alaha that applies for water is the same alaha that applies for Okay, um, let me continue. Um, one second. Continues the Braisa. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel Omer, a third opinion on the Braisa. Isha, Sacha Yada Shemen, a lady can anoint her hand with oil. And she can bring the hand close to a fire to warm up a little bit the oil in her hand. And afterwards, then she can anoint her small son with this warmed oil. And she shouldn't be concerned that this might cause a Hilul Shabbos, a desecration of Shabbos. Please look in the footnote number six. Raman Shimon ben Gamaliel disagrees with Rabbi Yehuda and does not allow warming oil in the usual manner of placing the flask in front of a fire. He only allows to warm it a little bit on a shinui, on an unusual manner. And um, even though warming oil in the usual fashion is prohibited, but with a shinui, wouldn't be a concern. Okay, let's continue. Leo. They ask, since the first opinion, what is called the Tanakama, didn't say what he holds regarding oil. So how does he hold regarding warming up oil on Shabbos? So Rabbi Berav Yosef, the Amoraim Rav and Rav Yosef, they both think 
that the Tanakama will be more lenient when it comes to oil than when it comes to water. Meaning to say, he would permit even placing oil in front of a fire to heat it. That according to them, according to the, the Tanakama, there would be no provision whatsoever in boiling oil. Because only regarding water, we say that water changes its stat status by heat and therefore is considered cooking. But with regarding oil, even bringing oil to hot temperature, the Torah would never consider that cooking. That is, according to Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef, the opinion of the first Tana, the Tana Kama. But Rabbi Kamar, no, Leisura. He said, no, the other way around. The Tanakama will be even more prohibited, more stringent than Rabbi Yuda. And uh, he forbids even placing oil in front of the fire just to take the chill off of it. Just a little bit of warming up oil, according to the Tanakama, would be forbidden. So the Gemara is going to explain how each of these opinions understand the price. Rabbi Rav Yosef, these two Rabbi Rav Yosef, that they learned that Tanakama is more, per, more uh, lenient, so they would say like this. So, Shemen, oil, Abal boy, Mutar. So, according to the first opinion, to the Tanakama, oil, even leaving it in front of the fire to the point that Han gets uh, recoils, is still permissible. Why? As I explained before, according to the Tanakama, the oil is never subject to cooking. The Asa Rabbi Yudel Meimar, but Rabbi Yudel the Tana disagrees. And he says, no, Shemen also Yesh Mishon Bishul. Also, oil is subjected to cooking, but the same degree as water, only Yatzoledes boy, when it's already that your hand has to be removed because it's so hot. But Efshero, Lozeo Bishulo, just to warming up is not considered cooking. And uh, therefore, Abiyuda extends the Tanakama's rule to oil and said that one might warm a flask of oil in front of the fire as long as it's not too hot. And then, also Rabbi Shimon ben Gamaliel Meimar, Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel came to say, no, Shemen Yeshmo Mishum Bishul, oil definitely is subject to cooking, and even a little degree of heat is considered cooking. Not like water, oil even just warming it up will be considered cooking it and would be forbidden. Okay, this is the, the way the first opinions understand the Brisa. I'm reading a little bit on the footnote number 11 that it seems strange looking the right column on the top of the footnote. It seems strange that Abanshima Gamaliel would permit cooking simply because one is doing it and on unusual way on a on a shinui. So therefore we have to say that according to Rabbi Shimon Ben Gamliel 
Um, he doesn't consider warming of oil to be an act of cooking, according to the Torah. Rather, it's rabbinically forbidden. And that's why, since it's only rabbinical, he would permit it to do it in a non-normal way on a shindui. Okay, so this is the first way to understand the three opinions. Now, Rav Nagmaritzak, he's more and much stringent. He said, Leisura. He said that the Tanakama, the first opinion on the Brisa, is even more stringent than Rabbi Yuda. Regarding oil, more than water. So he holds that even though water maybe plays in front of a fire to just to take the chill off, as long as you're not hitting it too much. But Shemen, oil, Adolpi, Shen Ayatzar, oil, even if it doesn't get as hot, is nevertheless forbidden. The Gemara explains Kesavar, he holds Shemen, Yeshmo Bishun Bishul, he holds that definitely on oil there's this prohibition of a bishul, of cooking. And even just warming it up a little bit on oil is regarded as cooking it. Then also Rabbi Yudha Le Meimar, then Rabbi Yudha came to disagree with him. And he said, no, Efshero Lozo Bishulo, just warming it up is not considered cooking, but is the same as water. So just like water, as long as you don't bring it to the finger to be burning, oil is the same level as water. And then Asar Vashimam Gamaliel Meimar, and the third opinion of Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel came to say the same thing that we learned before. Shemi Yeshmi Mishum Bishul. There's definitely cooking in oil, and just warming it up is considered cooking it. So then the Gemara is going to ask an obvious question. If this is the way you're learning the Braisa, it comes out that Rabbi Shimon and Gamliel, Tanakama, that they're both the third and the first opinion are saying the same. Says the Gemara, yeah, almost the same. The only difference is if you are permitted to do warming up oil in a shinoi or not, on an unusual manner. Rabbi Shimon Galil would allow you to do it, but Tanakama wouldn't allow you to do it. So that's how the three opinions uh, work out. Okay. Now the Gemara uh, is going to give us the final alaha. Amar Yehudi Amar Shmuel, Rabbi Yehudi name of Shmuel said, Echad Hashemen Vechad Maim. So we hold in the final ruling both oil and water, Asur, only if it reaches the level that the hand recoils from it, then that would be prohibited. And but if the hand doesn't uh, recalls from the, its heat, that level of heat then would be permissible. And um, meaning to say, in this previous Braisa, we follow the middle opinion, the Tana Rabbi Yehuda. We follow his opinion that according to Rabbi Yehuda, oil and water 
have the same alachic ruling. The Gemara ends up clarifying what is considered the degree of heat that a hand recoils, meaning to say every person is different. Some, some people's hands are more, um, can take more heat and some other persons can take less heat. So this is a very subjective way of telling you which is the degree of heat that already reaches visual is considered cooking. So the Gemara goes to a little poor baby. Anything is so hot, so anything that is so hot that an infant's tender belly would be scalded, scalded by it. So obviously don't do it, don't be cruel. So ask a mommy that she's preparing the water to give a bath to the baby. What is the maximum level of heat that she can put the water before she's gonna burn the skin of the little baby? So more than that is already the level of visual of the trailer both for oil and for water. Gentlemen, you have some more time just to finish this side of the page. Here, can we continue? Thumbs up. Okay, Ishkoyach. Okay. Uh, any ideas what time is it? It's already four? Ten to four? Okay. Okay, let's let's continue with Zatoshem. Um Abidimi. Rabbi Sagbar Abidimi said, Pam Achas, Nichnasti Achar Rebi. I once was following Rabbi Udanasi, the Tana, Lebeisa Merchaks, to a bathhouse on Tiberias, on Shabbos. Lovikashti Leniach Boy, Pakshon Shemen, Beambati. I wanted to place a flask of oil in the bathtub, in the bathtub, to warm it up. And then he told me, hold on, don't do it. He said, Amarli told me cliche Nivesain. Don't put it directly on the on the bathhouse because then you're gonna end up cooking it. Rather, take water in a second flask, what we call a cliche, a second vessel, and then put your oil in the sick in the second vessel, a cliche. So say the Gemora Shmaminetlats. I learned from this episode three things. Shmamina, the first thing I learned from that, Shemen Yeshu Mishum Bishul. That according to Rebbe, you can also transgress by cooking oil. Ushmamina, and the second thing, Klisheni Enumabashel. But if you put a liquid into a Klisheni, then we hold a second vessel, it doesn't cook, even if it's very hot. And the third thing I learned, when it comes to oil, that in, even only warming it up is considered cooking it. Because it wasn't that hot to bring it to, to, to more than just warming it up. And nevertheless, Rabbi said, don't do it. So because the bath that we're going, look in the footnotes. So in the footnote number 16, the 
the tubs in this bathhouse were in ground pools. So then into, the which, the in, into which the water flowed directly from the hot spring. So therefore it was considered a clear region. And that's why Rabbi told him, don't, do, don't put the oil directly into the bath. It's forbidden to put into a clearation, into a first vessel, rather put it in a second vessel. Now the Gemara, let's continue, is going to challenge this. The Gemara says, Echi how could Rebbe teach Allah in a bathhouse? A person in any place can think about Torah matters. Except in a bathhouse, in a bathroom. And if you want to tell me that only forbidden in Hebrew, but if you're speaking in another language, in Aramaic or in English or in Spanish, it is permitted. That is not true. Secular topics. You can even speak in Hebrew. If you tell me what's going on with the virus, with the politics, with the economy, you can tell that in a bathroom, in a bathhouse, even in Hebrew. But shall Kodesh, but holy matters, Torah topics, Asulam Ram Belashen Chol is forbidden both in a bathhouse and, uh, and in a bathroom, even in English. So how can Rabbi teach Allaha in a bathhouse to Rabbi Isav Radimi? So the Gemara says. When it comes to prevent a person from transgressing, it's different meaning to say it is permitted. And that's why Rabbi told him like that. The Teidan, the government is going to prove, the, prove this from a best episode that happened to Rabbi Meir. That Rabbi Uda in the name of Shmuel taught the following. It was happen of a student of Rabbi Meir that he followed Rabbi Meir to the bathhouse and this student wanted to wash the floor of the, ba of the bath of the bathing pool for Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Meir told him you are not allowed to wash the floor on Shabbos of the bathhouse look in the footnotes because you might end up uh, leveling little holes and that is vineyard, that is building. Then the student wanted he wanted to smear the floor with oil for the bad smell of the bathhouse. And again, Rabbi Mary told him, no, you're not allowed to do that on Shabbos. So for the same reason, you might, you might level Holds and his binyan is building on Shabbos, which is forbidden. So again, the, what do we see from here? How could Rabbi Meir have tell him in such a explicit way, don't do that and don't do that and we don't do this on Shabbos, we don't do that on Shabbos? There was an open ruling, an open alachic ruling in the bathhouse. We learn from here, Ela afrushimi surashani. Evidently, when it comes to prevent a person from transgressing, it is permitted. So here to in the case of Rabbi Udenasi, that he instructed Rabbi Itzabarabidimi, since it was just pro pro from preventing him to transgress, it would be permitted. 
Ravina says, Shmamina, we hear from this, we learn from his, this incident of Rabbi Udanasi must have been in the springs of Tiberias. And nevertheless, he told him that it's forbidden. So we learn from here that he holds that the springs of Tiberias is cooking according to the Torah. He must have held either they were heated by Geenum, as we saw this morning, or by some sort of fire. Otherwise, if it would be from the sun, why, who, who she, why, who she, why should he hold is forbidden? We learn that water heated by the sun is not for, 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 for forbidden from the Torah. Why? The Amaisa the Rabbi Lachar Gzairava. This incident of Ravi going to the bathhouse, let's go to page 40 before, must have been after the prohibition, the decree of people taking baths on Shabbos, and therefore the, it could only be permitted in hot Tiberian springs. The Gemara says, and the Amalet told the cliche, and he told the student, take hot water in the cliche and place the flask of oil over there. Otherwise you'll be transgressing. Says Gemora Aini, would that be so? The Amar of Giza, but of Giza said, that one that cooks on the hot springs of Tiberia is exempt. So how can you tell me that would be forbidden according to the Torah? So says, you're right. My Chayab, what is that uh, Rabina's expression, he's liable? He didn't mean to say liable from the Torah. He meant to say liable of Marcus Mardus, liable of lashes of rebelliousness. Because definitely cooking in the hot springs of Tiberias is not from the Torah, it's only rabbinical prohibited. And whoever cooks in, in, in the Tiberias hot springs would be liable of rabbinical lashes. Okay, just let's end up today with the last case. So I'm Rabbi Zera. Rabbi Zera said, Ana Hazitele Rabbi Abau, I once saw Rabbi Abau, the Shad Bati, that he was floating in a bathtub, like in a swimming pool, on Shabbos. Veloyadana, Yakar, I don't know whether. Whoa, that was a strong thunder. Okay. I don't know whether he lifted his feet from the ground of the pool or not. Or And he didn't lift his feet. And he was not really floating. Says the Gemara, how can Rabbi Zera have such a question? Obviously he didn't lift his feet from the ground. The Tanya, because he's taught in a Braisa, a person might not, is not allowed to swim on a pool on Shabbos. So what is the question? And even the swimming pool is in a yard, which is only Russia's Ayachid. If the pool is in a public domain, for sure it's forbidden, because you might cause water going from the pool to the public domain, which is transferring on Shabbos. But even in your own house, which the water may only go to private domain, to private domain, 
is still forbidden. And the reason for that, look in the footnote, footnote number 29, the missionary in Beitza states that the rabbis forbade swimming or floating in water on Shabbos or Yontev. Why? The Gemara explains over there. Because they were concerned that one might make a swimmer's tube or a life preserver. So to avoid that, they said, don't swim on Shabbos. So then how could be that Rabbi Zer had a question on that? So the Gemara Lokasha had this ruling that is forbidding to swim in a pool refers to a case where the pool the Laisle Gidude doesn't have an embankment, doesn't have a wall around it. And therefore is similar to a lake or to a river that is bigger and maybe in that case was forbidden. But the Laisle Gidudi in the case of Rabbi Abau, he was floating on a tube that, that did have embankment, did have walls, and therefore that doesn't resemble a lake or a river. And maybe in such a pool, you're allowed to float on Shabbos or Yont. And that's why he had a question, but Allah we don't float and we don't swim Shabbos on any pool. You can go to a mikvah, but you cannot swim on Shabbos. Gentlemen, and Bezat Hashem, if you can, let's meet Thursday night at, at 8 p.m. if you can for page 41, Bezat Hashem. Have a great Yontev and only good news, Bezat Hashem. All the best. Max, we cannot hear you, but all the best. I'm sure you had good wishes for me. <laughs>